0: You had the pleasure of hearing from him this past Monday, and I'm welcoming Scott Drake back onto the show so we can unpack some of these leadership tactics that he teaches. Scott, welcome back to the show, my friend.
1: Hey, thanks, Zach. Appreciate
0: you having me back. And I am super excited about this because as we, were, as we were talking and as I was digging around on your website, I noticed that there's this assessment tool and school scorecard that you utilize for leaders to kind of see where they're at with different aspects of their leadership. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Sure. So one of my big research projects was I spent about three years breaking down a few hundred books on leadership and a couple of dozen MBA programs and leadership programs. And I said, what are they actually trying to teach you? Right? One of my, one of my big, I'm a big fan of this quote from uh, George Patton, which is never tell people how to do things, tell them the goal and they'll surprise you with their ingenuity. And I think, and what I could see was that there was a lot of people who just didn't understand the goals, right? I and mean, if they understood the goals of leadership, again, they have the skills to do it, but what are the goals? So I just started asking people, like, how do you know you're doing a great job as a leader? What are your goals as a leader? And nobody, like even coaches that have been coaching for 25 years, didn't really have a good, thoughtful answer on that. So I'm like, this is, this is to me, obvious. This is the map that you need so that people can even just know the basic goals of leadership. So yeah, so I embarked on that research project and it, and it all boiled down to what, what I was able to do is kind of connect the dots into what are, what are called four goals and nine jobs of leadership. And what I've built is a, is a basically a self-assessment that, you, that a person can do on, on the website that they can go and those ask them 39 questions and they're gonna take about 10 minutes to answer them. And based on that, it's gonna show them where they're doing well and where they may need to improve. So the four goals, uh, the four goals are to get results with an engaged team for enthusiastic customers while creating more leaders. And all everything anybody's trying to teach you about leadership is to do one of those things better, right? It's either how do you get how do you get better results? How do you have a more engaged or healthy or psychologically safe team? How do you make your customers more enthusiastic? And then how do you create more leaders? And the reality, though, that a lot of people get confused with is, it's a balancing act. Those are conflicting goals, right? Sometimes the goals of getting results conflict with your team's engagement, or sometimes you have to make sacrifices uh, to, your, to your to your to your own results to please a customer. And that different leaders, different teams, different organizations need to balance those in different ways. And that just the awareness that these are the overall goals of leadership, and that they're conflicting at times helps leaders and helps leadership teams work better together and, and to be able to really accomplish those goals. So that's the first part. And I'll pause there if you have any questions. I don't I don't want to go on a 10 minute monologue here.
0: No, I think that's huge because I think awareness is a big piece of leadership where um if if you're not aware, if you're blind to it, I mean it, it's not even ignorance, right? Like if if you're blissfully ignorant about something, that's one thing. But a lot of times people don't even recognize like I, I'm missing this aspect or I'm blind to seeing this. So I think having that awareness is huge going through an assessment like this. And once you go through the assessment, what's the shift? I know you talked about you have different principles for shifting that mindset after you understand your awareness. Can you unpack those a little bit for us?
1: Yeah, so some of the jobs get into, and I'll, I'll run through the jobs real quick, and then I'll, and I'll run through the shifts because I think the shifts will make sense with the jobs. The jobs, the nine jobs of leadership are to be a coach, which is a big one, right? That's that's where I failed early in my job is I was trying to be the expert instead of the coach. So job one is to be the coach, right? Uh, second job, remove obstacles for your team. Third job, build relationships. Fourth job, become a become a strategic learner. Uh, create and share a vision. Challenge your team. That's those are jobs five and six. Uh, nurture a healthy culture assemble the right team, and then create accountability as a ninth goal. Right, Three or four of those goals are really dependent upon the leader shifting their mindset and shifting from that expert mindset. I view the world as an expert. I'm rewarded because of my expertise as a computer programmer or an accountant or whatever my expertise is, sales. And they have to start thinking like a leader. And some of the ways that leaders think about, think about the world differently, like experts are typically... In their head, again, emotionally, they feel it. They may not intellectually say this or think it, but what they feel is that they they want to stand out from the crowd. They want to look good, right? And leaders quit thinking about looking good and they start looking at the outcomes. They start looking at what are the outcomes from multiple perspectives. So it's like, how do we get people to kind of in their head shift that thinking in that way? Experts tend to think about my own value is based on my own competence. Right. It's it's I I create value in the world through my own competency and my own expertise where leaders start to think I create these outcomes. These outcomes happen because of my work. And it's more from my ability to work through others. It's not my own personal competency or my own personal expertise, how I create value. Experts tend to think that there's a best way to do things. And that best way is my way, right, where leaders eventually kind of learn to say the best way is subjective. It may be more situational. It may not be how I would have done it, but it got us to the goal. So that's the important piece. So that's one of the other shifts. Right. Experts are really interested in efficiency. Like everything is about efficiency. How do we make this more efficient? How do we make this more consistent? And that's really great for work that now is being done by robots or is being done by software. But work more and more being done by humans is not about efficiency as much as about effectiveness. So if the expert is still thinking about making everything efficient and everything consistent, that's really gonna gonna uh, sh- shave some some and and, and and you know, rub some 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 make some challenges for, for their employees. Uh, perfection versus situational quality. That's another kind of thing. Experts tend to these react. They react quickly in situations instead of responding thoughtfully, right? That gets a little bit more into emotional intelligence. So there's these handful of pieces that underpin several of those jobs. And that's really where we try to start people on their journey. We give them the scorecard to help them understand here are all the nooks and crannies. But the first piece to really step onto your journey is to start making this mindset shift. And that's that's where we start people.
0: And I think that's such a, a great starting point because a lot of people, I mean, it's such a broad topic, right? And there's the Dell Carnegie's that I used to teach that I love. You know, I loved his institute. I love a lot of things they do. But then you have the John Maxwell. I mean, they're, you Google leadership and what, you get 18 billion different responses. So I think using something like this is really a great a great narrowing point to like, this is where you can really start to shift that leadership capability. What kind of results are you seeing from people? Is it one of those where obviously the awareness helps, but sometimes awareness isn't enough. So that's where they work with somebody like you to kind of shape that a little bit, craft it a little bit, like the awareness is great, now what? So the the tools, the mindset shifts are all great, but I think having that third-party accountability like a coach is really important as well.
1: Yeah, I think coaches are great. Study groups are great as well. Um, we, the the big thing we try to do is we try to get people journaling because that's, that just kind of creates self-accountability and it also creates repetition. So we, we, a lot of our training, what we do is, is we'll do, uh, you know, an hour, hour and 15 minute lesson, and then a few developmental assignments that kind of force them to reflect and kind of force them to go do more work in some of these areas. So it doesn't take a lot of time, but it takes repetition and it takes uh, observing my own world and applying this to my own world. So that those are some of the things that, 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 yeah, that we really try to get people to do. And if they can, if they can work with a coach or it makes sense to work with the coach, that's great. But, but we've tried to build the systems in a way that they don't need to. And, and yeah, I mean, we, we, one of my favorite stories is I was working with one, uh, with one manager who was really struggling with her manager two up, and um you know he was a former military guy, and just kind of had his his way of doing things. And and you know I, I kind of got her to start saying what is he like. She was bringing up some issues, and he he just wasn't seeing it right. So I'm like, you start start by by understanding his position and restating his position, and then make sure he feels heard, and then bring up yours and say, look, this is why I'm here, and this is what, what you ask me to do. And it just really kind of changed the relationship with by her being able to say. I hear you. Here's what you're saying. I get it. It's important. Now, let me also talk about what I'm doing. And she started, but it was funny is that she started doing that with her mother-in-law. <laughs> so she was about to get married. and was really struggling with her mother-in-law who was really involved in, in the wedding planning and all this kind of stuff. And it really, she took that same thing of mother-in-law, what are you trying to get out of this? And how can I help you get that in a different way so that we're not stomping on each other and in, in causing these conflicts? So, so yeah, so there's uh, so it's really about, observing and practicing and doing some of those things. And it doesn't always have to be at work either. Uh,
0: and that's a great point to bring up because we've really talked about business and corporate world and, and teams, but I think translating that into the personal life is Probably one of the more difficult aspects of that, but also really important because you still need to be a leader in the house, whether you're the husband, the wife, teaching your children those aspects of things. How do you translate? Do you touch on that translation at all? Because obviously there's a little bit there that like, that's a key point that you can bring into your home as well.
1: Yeah, I haven't really yet, but but it is, it is, how do you, again, It's how do you work through others to get things done? And that happens everywhere. Right. I have things that we need to get done and I can't do them. So I need to work through others. So it's really learning that's that that that's I'm gonna call it a skill, but I don't really want to call it a skill. It's just learning how to work through others. And yeah, that happens everywhere, right? That happens at work, that happens at home. Uh again, civic organizations, you know, ball, you know, baseball teams everywhere that that you know, you're 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 trying to to work through others in 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 healthy ways. Uh so, so yeah, it is applicable everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think it's just something interesting to highlight, because I I know it's, um, a lot of people don't really talk about that piece of it. But those skills, those, the EQ, as as we were talking about, like, I I love talking about EQ, that is just as important to keep in frame for a healthy relationship at home, where uh, a lot of the alpha mindset of those leaders, it really kind of turns into, and I know I'm I'm definitely guilty of this given my rank in the military. I'm used to like, Hey, go do this. And it just being done. Right. Well, that's not how relationships really should work, especially not in the corporate world and the personal world. That's not how that should work. But I think that's a great point to kind of stick to is like, Hey, just because you're a leader there doesn't mean you have to be just telling them this is what it is and how it's done. Cause there's no buy-in beyond that. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, do you want them engaged? Right? Do you want them to feel good? Do you want them to to know that their voice matters? Do you want them to to really want to help you? Right? And and you don't get that very often by just telling somebody what to do. Now there are situations that you that that you do right. You know it's it's uh, but but those are typically few and far between. Uh, it, it typically works better when you don't.
0: Yeah, I I think it's uh very few. Uh, environments where you can pull the military card if I'm telling you what to do. And like, I guess if your mom, right, my mom always said, you know, I'm telling you because I said so. Um, that's just not the great leadership tactic that you really should be using in, in this world. So um, we, we laugh about it and we joke about it. But I know I'm guilty of it at times. And I'm sure there are other leaders out there that have been guilty of it, where um, being mindful of that is is just as important. And um, as we're talking about all this great content and all the offerings you have out there, I know you mentioned workshops and doing different aspects of training. Can you just give us a rundown of some of these different things that you're offering um, through everything you're doing with your organization?
1: Yeah. So, so primarily um, we do coaching, which, which follows, you know, we have a three-step process, which is again, mindset, scorecard, and then adaptability. So we do, and again, the training for all of this is available. It's hundred percent free, right? Again, our mission is is to make this training available to anybody who needs it even if those, they can't pay, right? So there's some basic training out there for anybody. But if they do wanna work with a coach, then yeah, we can definitely work with them uh, either for a handful of sessions, just three or four sessions as they're working through it, or we can work for you know 10 sessions or even more if, if they want to. So th- that is available. We also, I like to work with leadership teams. You know, Again, one of my favorite questions is to go ask three or four leaders on a team, how do you know you're doing a good job? And they all have different answers and it's hard for them to work together as a team if they don't have the same answer, right? So it's really about helping teams Uh, learn to scorecard, understand the scorecard, understand how to balance those goals, and then use it as a tool, an ongoing tool every quarter to uh just keep a pulse on on where they're trying to grow where they're trying to get better and over a couple of you know the goal is never to answer 100 on the scorecard the goal is to get you know 80 percent and a lot of people are going to start at 40 or 50 percent and my goal over a few years is they're going to help them work through some issues that gets them up to that 80 percent level and they're going to stay there right they're going to need to to continue to work to stay there so so yeah so we work with leadership teams in that way and then um one of my big passions is hiring and how do you really get the right people in the right seat and keep them in the right seat in, in some of those things. So we do some workshops around hiring as well that helps people really understand who's going to be engaged, who's going to be motivated, who's going to be a great employee for them because it's very different, Different, you know, you can take, I think one of the examples we used earlier was dentists. you can have two dentists' offices that are running completely different ways. So one, one person working in one office would be miserable in a different office, right? So it's really about understanding those things that make them the same. So so that's the other thing that we do with workshops is that we do a lot around hiring.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I love that you're having those and you're putting that out there for that free content because that's such a, a huge need that some people can just, overlook and think oh I can't afford a leadership expert a leadership coach or a program and that's such a great uh, step into the right direction so thank you for offering that out to the world and if our audience wants to go and look at that content connect with you find out more about what you're doing go ahead and give them the opportunity of where to best reach you
1: yeah. So the best thing to do is go to jump coach. Go to jumpcoach.com. And, and the assessments is about 10 or 15 minute assessment. So just take it, right? It takes the 10, 15 minutes is free. Under free tools, there's a there's an interactive scorecard, is what it's called. So click on that and go through that assessment. And I think that'll introduce you to some of the things that we're that we're teaching and doing. And that will drive you into some of the training as well. So yeah, so go to jump coach and and uh, you know reach out to me there or if you're, you know, want to talk and do some other stuff or or curious about some other stuff, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn as well.
0: Awesome. I absolutely love it, Scott. Thank you so much. You know, I really encourage everybody go check out this scorecard, take this assessment, find out a little bit of what your blind spots may be, and then uh, start taking the action. That's what we're talking about today is taking the action and the, using the tactics that uh, Scott provided. So Scott, thank you so much for your time and the wisdom you've brought to us today, my friend.
1: You're welcome, man. I really do appreciate you having me on. I hope uh, I hope
0: this has been very helpful to to your listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast, and I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid-sized business that does 5 to $10 million a year in revenue and want to improve retention costs, which can actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% in insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com.